Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome in to today's podcast. It is December 29th of 2022. We are almost to the new year. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy day, as always, to tune in and listen. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different today. I'm going to be talking about the main things I'm seeing in the world of sports today. I'm going to be talking a bunch about the upcoming draft Uh draft decisions you you could say for your Seattle Seahawks what do you do with the number three possible overall pick could it be one it's going to be at least number five I'm going to talk about some of the things I'm looking at with the Mariners free agent hot stove and all of that good jazz included and with that being said if you guys enjoy the podcast today as I always ask you to do so and you guys have been killing it lately please subscribe and leave a rating on the uh, whatever podcast platform that you listen to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you listen, please leave a review, an actual word review. That would be fantastic. On um, And on Spotify, just please leave a star. Apple Podcasts, leave the review. That would be great. Thank you so much. Well, we had a little bit of a mini bombshell drop yesterday about the Las Vegas Raiders, that they are benching Derek Carr due to financial concerns. There is some serious uh, Skip, uh, speculation, excuse me, that the Raiders are strapped for cash. They are up against the proverbial tightrope wall after they gave uh, Devontae Adams that massive contract in the offseason. Hunter Raymond Renfro got money. It sounds like Darren Waller is probably on his way out of town after this season because he's seen his uh, overall catches and volume drastically go down, which with uh, Adams coming into town should, should have been anticipated and kind of taken into uh, consideration. But this has got some serious, uh, this is like a domino effect with, with, with Derek Carr. Because there's going to be teams like you're looking at the Colts, you're looking at maybe the Titans. It's really weird that the Titans are starting Josh Dobbs tonight at quarterback versus the Dallas Cowboys over Malik Willis. I don't know for a fact if Malik Willis is injured. I apologize for that. I'm just kind of seeing the stuff that's coming through my Bleach Report feed as well as my Twitter timeline. So it's going to be a bit of a uh, boring game. And to be honest with you, there's been most of the games on Thursday Night Football this year have been pretty boring, pretty dull. Um, it sounds like Tony Pollard is not going to play. It sounds like uh, Derrick Henry is not going to play. Um, Ryan Tannehill obviously is not going to play. It's going to be Josh Dobbs versus Dak Prescott. Cowboys should win this game pretty easily. Their defense should dominate. And if they can't run the ball... I don't even know who the number two running back is in Tennessee, to be honest with you. I was going to say Deontay Foreman, but I know he's a Carolina Panther now. So whoever they have a second string running back is going to be an interesting uh, fantasy pickup option for you guys who are still playing. Unfortunately, all my three leagues were done for the season. So I kind of closed the book on that for this year. However, if you're still in the championship playoff races, uh, congrats and keep up the hard work. All the fantasy owners trying to figure out what the heck to do with this week's uh turmoil because there's a lot of teams sitting players and contemplation about sitting players for the playoffs getting them healthy so it's going to be interesting to see see what happens but uh Derek Carr Indianapolis Tennessee I could see maybe even heck I could see Arizona I could see the Rams making a little bit of sense uh and this is I know I've talked about a couple times about Matt Stafford clearly stating that he's not going to retire I don't believe this I don't um I believe he's just trying to CYA cover his butt if you catch my drift and uh, especially when he's on his wife's podcast, he doesn't want to drop a big bombshell on his wife's podcast, even though that would help out their you know ratings and reviews considerably in the world we live in. It's all about content. So uh, Derek Carr will have a good, healthy market. He's got a pretty good chunk of money on his deal, so that's going to affect which teams are going to be included. You could also maybe look at a team like the Washington Commanders could be interested in Derek Carr. That'd be an interesting fit because we all know Carson Wentz is a bum and cannot play football. He's a China 
fragile Hutch Glasshouse. I don't understand why uh, Taylor Heineke is not playing this week. I think that's majorly disrespectful to him. He was the one that got this team back onto the rails after they went completely a wire and a wall um, here for the last couple of weeks after Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz didn't do a damn thing to help them get to where they are now. The conversation is pretty apparent though that there's going to be a lot of teams looking for the service of Derek Carr. Devonta Adams is not happy that they're not playing him, and that Jared Stidham, who was the backup to Tom Brady in all those years, and and uh, almost at t- in Tampa Bay in uh, New England, is going to be getting the start this week. And I don't even know who the hell the backup is. It's like some third or fourth string guy. So the Raiders clearly have uh, have decided that they're going to move on from Derek Carr. He, I guarantee you, he he will be traded. You don't make this kind of impression and this kind of wave and this kind of uh you know a poor taste in the mouth like sour milk. Unless you go out and make sure that he's gone. So, be curious to see what happens with him. But we'll kind of wait and see on that. Uh, Phillies, you utility man. Gene Segura, who played shortstop for them last season. Shortstop and second base. Alternating with him and Bryson Stott. He signed a two-year, $17 million deal with the Miami Marlins. This, to me, screams the fact that Gene's market was weak. To put it very kindly. Um, Gene has been a decent player. He has had a very hard time getting along with pretty much any team he's ever been with here in Seattle. He caused a lot of problems with Robinson Cano, D Gordon. They did not get along. Um, it was just a very, he's a very turmoil like player when he's happy. He's good. And when he's not happy, he's really pissed and he's a big, big baby. And he makes a big old cry and throwing fit. And you got to put him back in his playhouse or in his playpen until he calms down. So uh, Corey Kluber signed a one-year, $10 million deal with Boston Red Sox. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi, two years, $34 million. Uh, the Eovaldi deal is just mind-blowing to me that Texas would spend $17 million AAV on Eovaldi. He is a decent pitcher. He's going to be a complimentary solid five. In most teams, he'd be a comfortable four to a slash five. But uh, considering what they've done with re-signing or giving the QO, for those who don't know, that's a qualifying offer to Martin Perez. Jacob, uh... Jacob DeGrom is going to uh, headline that rotation. They went and got Andrew Heaney, Jake Odorizzi. They have spent a crap load of money. They spent a Brinks truck on their on their starting rotation. It's going to be a matter of fact because I don't believe this is going to... I think Jay Jacob will probably start half the amount of starts that he's aiming for in Texas. He's just got a lot of arm issues. He's like a Porsche when one part breaks. It all kind of goes downhill. I love to watch him pitch. Unfortunately, it's going to have to be against my Seattle Mariners and being in the AL West. But, I mean, this team's got bats. They have Adolis Garcia. They have Marcus Simeon. They have Corey Seager. They have Nathaniel Lowe, jo- uh, Jonah Heim. Uh, this team's got players. They they, they can play. Uh, Leody Tavares is a, t- is a player I'm going to be watching heavily this year because I believe he, have the, he might have the ability to jump into a really, really solid player. But uh, they're going to be uh, a lot better this year, and it's unfortunate because as frustrating as it's been to be as a Mariners fan watching all these teams the Angels get uh, Brandon Drury. I just get lifted off all the things that Texas has done in the offseason. Uh, Houston went out and got uh, Jose Abreu. They've been busy with stuff like that. They re-signed Rafael Montero. The, the, you know, the Mariners have just decided they're not going to spend money in this free agency period. I mean, watch. I say this and they'll go out and sign like Brandon Belt to a one-year six or seven million dollar deal. I don't want Brandon Belt. He's 36 years old. I'm just giving a name for you guys just kind of off top of my head. Um, I've heard, uh, just listen to John Paul Morosi with Wyman and Bob yesterday on Seattle Sports Station about the possibility of between him or Jerks and Profar. I don't want either of them. I think they're both just washed with Jerks and Profar, a little more versa, uh, positional versatility, excuse me. But 
it's pretty dry now. No Conforto, no Will Myers. Every name I had on my list, Michael Brantley, is all gone. It's all gone. I don't want Brandon Belt. I'd rather go try and find a minor league guy that's super young, 25, 26. Hell, um, we could look at trying to, like, who's going to be the next Mitch Hanniger for these Seattle Mariners? Who's going to be the next Ty France? A guy that had hit at every level possible. A lot of people are talking about Cade Marlowe. Um, shout out to the Lockdown Mariners with Colby Patno, Ty Dan Gonzalez. They were talking about this the other day as well, about who's going to be a Mitch Hanniger, Ty France-esque uh, kind of player that, that can rise up and, you know, shock some people and kind of raise some eyebrows. Uh, Cade Marlowe has smashed at every level in, in the minors. He obviously has not gotten any opportunities at the major league level. I think they're going to really give him a lot of plate appearances this year between him and uh, Jared Kelnick to figure out what the direction is of their young outfield for years to come. Cade Marlowe is, I believe, 25, 26 years old. He's three years older than Jared Kelnick. So it's going to be interesting uh, as to what his uh, his arc path is going to be for his growth this season. There's going to be a handful of other names. Uh, Evan Longoria is still on the board. I think he has a lot to offer because of the fact that he can help fill in at third base. He's been a multi-time, uh, multiple-time gold glove. I believe he has one platinum glove as well. The dude, he's hit and he's raked uh, pretty much almost every year uh, of his career. He's not the all-star that, that he used to be. He's not going to hit you probably 25, 30 dingers a year. He's probably going to hit you 17 to 20. But he's going to be a veteran, solid locker room addition. And we're still kind of looking for that. The longer we get into the MLB offseason, we're going to talk more about the idea of a permanent DH here in Seattle, which is something that Jerry and Scott have made very clear that they do not necessarily want. They want the DH to be open so they can give more days off for Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, um, maybe even a little bit of Teoscar Hernandez, whatever happens with that. But the Mariners still have a couple holes they need, they need to address. they got to get an outfielder. They've been talking about... Uh, Splitting time in left field with Jared Kelnick, trying to find a righty to go against the lefty so Kelnick can go against the righties, which makes me just really think of him being Jock Peterson, which wouldn't be the worst thing on the planet, but nobody really knows what Jared Kelnick's going to be, and I think it's going to be one of the most most interesting, talked about uh, topics and players in all of baseball is about Jared Kelnick this year, because Jared Kelnick, Jared Kelnick knows. Unless he gets traded in a deal with Brian for Brian Reynolds, which I, I think Irania uh, from Tampa Bay Rays, that could be a possibility. Um, Anthony Santander is a name I'm still hearing a little bit right now out of Baltimore. I like him a lot. I've talked about him since the beginning of the offseason, switch hitting bat, veteran edition. He is a doubles hitting machine, which is what we kind of need. We need more doubles. We need guys to drive the guys in. Uh, we talked about table clears and table setters uh, at the beginning of the season, the middle part of the season and whatnot, and Jerry referenced it multiple times on the MLB Network that they need guys to clear the table versus set the table. So I'll be curious as to what becomes of this, but the Mariners still have a lot of work to do. And obviously, if anything happens, I will give you guys a breaking emergency pod on that when it becomes available. So uh, that's going to be Mariners. Quick section for today. I want to really get into the Seattle Seahawks right now. For I'm probably going to talk about them for the remainder of, of today's podcast. We're not going to do Kraken or anything today. Apologies on that. If you guys are looking forward to Kraken, please let me know. Uh, capital P N W professor. You can find me there on Twitter. If you don't have me on Twitter, you can join my Facebook group sports in the Northwest with the green Mariners insignia logo. And it is teal and it's fantastic. I don't want to hear crap about how bad the, uh, Northwest action green, uh, action green jerseys are. So they're fantastic. Just my own personal opinion. Anyways, Seattle Seahawks find themselves, um, in a bit of a conundrum right now. If the mayor, excuse me, if the Mariners, if the Seahawks lose, the next two games, you could easily look at a top 10 pick 
uh, for the second pick for the Seahawks in this year's 2023 NFL draft. The bare minimum the Denver pick is going to be is five. It could be one. It would require Houston to lose out. It would require the Bears to lose. And then we would slide right up into one. That would be an absolutely incredible content to see if we could get number one. I don't anticipate that happening. The Texans are obviously tanking to probably get Bryce uh, Bryce, uh, man, Bryce Young. Excuse me, I said Bryce Wilson. Bryce Young out of Alabama. Uh, watch, you know, the, probably the Houston's go out and draft, like, you know, uh, they'll like reach and go get and get the Jalen Carter that I've talked about countless times. Or they get a Will Anderson that I've talked about countless times, which would make the entire draft just so, impe- so appealing. It would be incredible topics and incredible content again on that. But I look at what this team needs. Obviously we need a defensive hog. Like we need a horse. We need a, as Mark Slurth likes to call them, war daddies. We need a Quinnen Williams. We need a Calais Campbell. Uh, Calais Campbell is one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's just incredibly underrated for his career. But uh, like, you know, a JJ, a TJ Watt, a Vaughn Miller, obviously not an Aaron Donald because those are very rare. But that's why you're looking at a player like a Jalen Carter. You're looking at a player like a Will Anderson, somebody who can make instantaneous impact. Uh, A lot of people compare uh, Will Anderson to Vaughn Miller. That's a pretty close comp because of his uh, size measurables. But you really honestly don't know. It's still a crapshoot. But I think the guy is going to be pretty productive in the uh, NFL. The Seahawks really find themselves, though, between, look, if we had the opportunity, to, if you are sitting at number three overall, like right now the Seahawks sit at number three, right? And if you had your opportunity between the quarterback and Bryce and Bryce, um, Bryce Young, or I, almost, I almost want to say Bryce Wilson for some reason. I don't know why. I've been having Russell. I've been talking a lot about Russell lately. So I apologize. We're not doing Russell today. Um. But between him and Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, it's really fascinating because if you this this organization loves Geno, Pete loves Geno. This 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 whole team revolves around the hemisphere and the axis of Geno Smith, right? That's a given. That's you know that's kind of goes with the given territory. So that's interesting to to to, to, uh, to start out with. Excuse me. Then you go at Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, big, massive hog of a man. He's going to cause a double-team problems, wrecking havoc, all this good stuff, right? He'd be a piece that you could build around on that defense. Maybe you go two edge rushers in the first two picks. I don't know. But uh, I saw a Bleach Report mock draft. This is the season or the time of the year. We're going to get a crap load of mock drafts. I'm going to wait till I get Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, um, Todd Blackledge. Uh, there's a handful of others too. They do a really good job. Daniel Jeremiah is going to be one I really look into because Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah knows his crap when it comes down to draft. Obviously Todd McShay, he, or excuse me, Mel, Mel Kuyper is the godfather of the NFL draft. Todd McShay is like his protege, his little mini apprentice. Um, but it's such an intriguing conversation because I think Geno Smith has the intangibles. He has the tools. He has the skill set. He has the mindset. He has the trust of the team and the teammates and the organization to lead this team in the right direction to winning championship or at least a championship, if not two. But the money issue with Geno Smith and the money conversation is going to be fascinating because he's going to get anywhere between 25 to 33 million. I can guarantee it. He's not going to get anything less than 25. He's not going to get anything more than 30, 33, $35 million. I believe the salary cap, uh, not salary cap, excuse me, the, um, the tag, the franchise tag for Gino would be like $37 million this year. So they don't want to go that route. And it hits straight off the cap. 
and they don't want to do that, especially with Russell Wilson's money coming off the books this offseason. They're going to have, I believe, the sixth most or the fifth most uh, available money in the free agency period, and there's going to be a deep free agent class. That's going to be great offseason content for you guys when we get there. But, um, you know, I look at what this team needs, right? You need a defensive. I've talked about a stalwart on defense. You need better edge rush. I think we still need a linebacker. No due disrespect to Cody Barton or Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks is a fine player. Gets plenty of tackles, but we need another. We need we need another Bobby. That's what we do. We need another KJ. You know, I listened to KJ and Cliff Averill yesterday, and they're talking about how this this team and this franchise and this organization is known still to this day for being headhunters, being mean, being tenacious, being problems, being mouthy. You know, this is what we need again. You know, when the Seahawks were were at their pinnacle, when they're at the best, the top of the mountain. We were mean. We were physical. We talked crap. We didn't give a sh- we didn't give a you know what. I almost said it. We don't give a you know what about anybody. Vernon Davis, you got a death wish, and his and the death wish's name is Cam freaking Chancellor. You know he was the Mamba. He was the hammer, and that's what we have to get back to. They trade. Uh, they drafted Mar- Marquise Blair. He was a bum. Couldn't do anything. They drafted countless players to try and fill us to Sean Shed. He was okay, got hurt. Now he's a, a coach for the Seahawks. Congrats to him. But we need more players. Like, if you look at what we have, right, building blocks for this Seattle Seahawks going into the 2023 season post-draft. Let's say pre-draft, right? Because post-draft is going to be so much more complicated because we don't know, obviously, what's going to happen. You have Tariq Woolen. You slot in, lock at lockdown corner, right? So you have Woolen. You look at, I think, Uchenna is solid. So you have... Tariq and Uchenna. Jordan is three. Um, I think Quandre Diggs possibly is four. That's really all. Maybe Kobe Bryant. I think Kobe Bryant you can kind of build on. Maybe that's five. I think you have five players. I don't know what you do with Ryan Neal this offseason. I want to keep Ryan Neal, but Ryan Neal is going to want some money. He's going to want some, some cheddar. And I'll be honest, I would instantaneously, instantly, blink of an eye, I would cut Jamal Adams. Cut him. If no one wants to take on that on that contract, cut him. Sign Ryan Neal because Ryan Neal has earned the respect of this team. Not saying that Jamal Adams hasn't. He is the prez. He's been the most disappointing, over like talked about, overvalued, hyped up trade in the history of this franchise. I think it's equally as bad, if not worse, than the trade that was uh, Max Unger for for Jimmy Graham. But that's a whole different deck of cards to you know tarot cards to read into you there and I don't do readings so the conversation ladies and gentlemen is going to be fascinating we have a very tough game coming in this weekend against the the, the New York Jets Mike White will start Joe Flacco will back him up as I touched on in yesterday's or the last podcast they're going to come in mean Robert Sala is a protege of Pete Carroll I forgot Robert Sala started his career in Seattle with Pete Carroll and then he worked his way to San Francisco the rest is history Garrett Wilson he, he can ball you know, the running back room between Michael Carter, it's okay. They have James Robinson, who hasn't really done anything for them. Um, clearly, they're like, this is the Brees Hall show uh, for, for the running game. Garrett Wilson is a savvy, solid rookie wide, wide out. Um, Uzama, their tight end, is pretty good. He has a little bit of catching issues from, from time to time. But it's all about this defense. The Jets have the number six overall ranked defense in football this year when it comes to points allowed, yards allowed per per game, all, all that good jazz. Um, all, obviously, Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams, CJ Mosley. They have, uh, I believe they have 
three defensive pro bowler starters right now on that team. They're loaded up. They have plenty of talent. They're going to come in looking to make a statement because they can still make the playoffs right now. And so they're going to, they have everything to lose and everything to win for. So I will continue to keep my ear down on the ground for you guys about this stuff. I uh, might actually have some breaking news for you guys. Um, this is from Cody Duncan on Twitter. The Yankees, Dodgers, and Mariners are the three strongest candidates to get Brand Reynolds per John Morosi. He also had the Mariners appeared to look more promising. I did hear this last night, but I'll be honest with you. The guy reason why I didn't talk about this, and I apologize for jumping from Seahawks to Mariners real quick, but I'm trying to keep you guys up to date on everything I'm getting, is the fact that um, they're just going to want a lot. And the fact that uh, Toronto's out of, out of that race is not surprising that the Mariners are into this. The Mariners have been linked to Brian Reynolds for almost a year and a half. I'm not going to get much more into that until I get more information, but I just did get that breaking little insider stuff. Cody Duncan is a uh, actual reporter for the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. I don't know if, what official website he works for in Pittsburgh, but he is legit. So... Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages who listen to this podcast, that's going to be today's pod. Um, I have my apologies for the kind of free-flowing, different style I normally have around the world, Seahawks, Mariners, Kraken, but I just kind of want to talk to you guys about a couple things I've been hearing about on the different radio and different uh, podcast venues I listen to on a daily basis. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for t- taking your time out of your busy Thursday. UW Huskies. Let's get a win today. The Al- Alamo Bowl. Excuse me. University of Texas. Steve Sarkeesian. We got a date. Michael Penix. Let's show the nation that you deserve to be the next Heisman Trophy winner and shove it in Caleb Williams' face because USC, they're walking out the door next season and it's time for purple rain, baby, to rain over Seattle like it used to be back in the days of Don James. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.